and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson and I run Stack, the subscription club that delivers a different independent magazine to your door every month. This week I'm speaking with Natasha Papa, editor-in-chief and creative director of Desired Landscapes, the pocket-sized magazine that brings a fresh and philosophical perspective to travel writing. Natasha is based in Athens, but she was over in London recently for a talk at the Mag Culture Shop. So we met up the following day and went for a walk on Hampstead Heath to talk about her radically subjective approach to travel. I've never tried to record a podcast while walking along before, and as you'll hear, it presented us with a few challenges, but I think it was worth it because walking is important to the magazine. Natasha runs walking tours in Athens, and she speaks about the Aristotelian idea of walking as a way of freeing the mind and how that has informed what she does with Desired Landscapes. It was also really nice just to get out and see her again. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Natasha Papa from Desired Landscapes. Uh, hey, Natasha, it's so nice to see you. Nice to see you again. So uh, we're out for the first ever walking stack podcast. That's <laughs> not, super amazing. <laughs> let's, let's see how that turns out. Um, uh, and we're, we're talking about this lovely little magazine that we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, Desired Landscapes. And I remember saying at that point then that it's kind of a strange magazine because... <laughs> I like this word. <laughs> Tell me more I, about it. I know that you like to be told it's a strange magazine. <laughs> Because it doesn't really look like a magazine, right? Exactly. I mean, the, you know, so, so what, like, what is this thing and why does it look like it looks? Yeah, it's such a weird thing because it looks like a book. It's not like a magazine in the terms of uh, being ephemeral. I want it to be timeless. The format is pocket size, so people expect, you know, these big tabloid uh, sizes. So all of this actually emerged from my own quest of who I am, what I'm doing, what's my main research question and so on. And it's always that fuzzy. So I don't have a clear answer to anything. <laughs> and this is how the form has emerged. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's, you know, very practical because it's about cities and walking. So it's nice to have it in your pocket, literally. Uh, and I think that now that we're in the seventh issue, people understood <laughs> that this is a magazine and not really a book. Okay, so the, so the, so one of the key things you've just talked about is it fits easily into your pocket. And, and I think that's one of the things that also people find confusing because it's obviously, you know, you can tell from the cover, this is a magazine that's about cities, it's about exploring. And it's kind of shaped like a little kind of pocket travel guide. Yes. And it's, I guess you're, in, in a way, you're kind of borrowing that sort of vernacular of like the travel guide. Exactly. So my main inspiration were the travel guides from the 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe 70s that used to be pocket-sized, uh, thick in terms of pages, dense in terms of uh, text. And when you see the images, the images are very, um, how can I say it, very well thought. So you see one image and you get the whole sense of the city. So I was looking for something like that in contrast to what we have in social media, you know, this endless scrolling, these uh, impressive photos that caught your eye and then you forget about them. So I wanted this kind of uh, quality for the magazine. At the same time, you can, let's say, be here in this park, read about, I don't know, Hong Kong, and you feel like you're traveling while being in your own city. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted that so much because I couldn't travel a lot. 
So that was my main, uh, yeah, entry point, let's say. Okay, so the, there's a line in the introduction to the latest issue uh, which goes, to grasp it, you need to slow down, read, and let words guide you, not only to the places they describe, but also to your own field of associations and inner thoughts. And this is where you will find, or maybe craft, your own desired landscapes. So it, it sounds like desired landscapes are things that you reach kind of through your mind and your imagination. Exactly. So it's, not, it's very personal, it's very subjective. Uh, the texts are not going to tell you where to go or what to do. And I wrote this line because people always ask me, what is this? Is it a city guide? Is it about one city? Is it about things that I have to do? And actually the editorial is somehow the defensive response to that. <laughs> uh, trying to understand the bigger uh, concept. So I want somebody to be relaxed, to really indulge in the things that they read. And imagine even something that doesn't exist. So when you read about, for example, Athens, and you haven't been to Athens, you can craft your own image. So what we say that books do, let's say. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, the, so I, I read that in this latest issue and it put me in mind of something that I remembered from your first issue, which is about those maybe, were they like medieval map makers who they drew maps of places that they'd never been to. So they were basically, they were mapping a place based on second-hand, third-hand descriptions. Exactly. And so you get that kind of gap, if you like, between like what is this place and how is it then being represented, which then becomes kind of the authority on what this place is. Exactly. Such a nice way to put it. <laughs> so I think these are landscapes is like the dialogue between the authority, the cliché, uh, the expected, the what else to say, you know, the things that we... Uh, that guides say that this is how it is and then you go to the city and it's something totally different and by totally different I don't only mean your personal um, exploration but also it can be something very annoying so let's say I see a magnificent for example in the uh, issue number six we talk about Stockholm and the bird's eye view of the city which seems amazing you know it's this kind of promise that you go to Stockholm and it's gonna be great you should plan this trip and when you land there you actually see the sidewalk you know <laughs> and you carry your suitcase and it's very annoying for you personally not because the city has a problem or something so I care about this kind of connection uh, that's why I always use this term that it's subjective, personal, emotional and so on. Mm, mm. Uh, and the, there's also, I think again about the, the latest issue, there's a piece where I think you go to Vienna uh, and it sounds like you don't have a really great time there. I mean, the, <laughs> it's like, it's rainy, like, the, you yeah. know, kind of, you, you get lost and things. It, it sounds like, you know, this, basically, this way of travelling is not necessarily an easy way of experiencing the world. Yes, personally, uh, traveling creates this kind of angst that you have. Like, okay, this is a new city, it has to have good weather, I have to see the point A, B, C, and if something goes wrong, I feel like this is a failure. <laughs> but this is not the case, and I think that this kind of uh, expectation is built from all these um, guides that have these kind of indexes and top lists and so on. So it was difficult for me as a writer also of the magazine to express this kind of dark side. Not very dark, but you know, to express that, okay, traveling also means that. That yeah. I feel lost or I feel like I've done something wrong. 
Yeah. I have I'd... to go again, let's say, to Vienna <laughs> to do drive. <laughs> well, well, but so then, the, like, so at the end of that piece on Vienna, you basically just end up kind of giving up and just becoming a tourist. So that you're like, okay, I'm just going to get a tourist map and let it show mm. me the nice places to go to. This is the easiest thing, right? To have a list and say, I'm going to go there because this is the best cake ever. So if I'm going to get that, I will go home and say, I've got that. Check. <laughs> that was a success. But yet, yeah, the end, there's another line saying that okay, I cannot do that more than, I don't know, five, four, ten minutes. <laughs> so I go back to the quest. Right, okay, okay. Back to the, the Desired Landscapes quest. Mm. So, so if the whole, um, I guess, question of representing a city is central to Desired Landscapes, it feels like walking is also central to, to Desired Landscapes, which, which is why <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> we're now walking up quite a <laughs> steep hill. And <laughs> So what is it about walking that is also special to the magazine? Yeah, so many thoughts as you say that. Uh, first of you know, in ancient Greece, uh, some philosophers, they believe that when you walk, you think differently. And today with all these well-being uh, quotes and everything, they say that when you feel stuck, go out and move. And it really makes sense. It activates your body, your thoughts and everything. Uh, for me, uh, for Desire Land's case, it was more about slowing down and observe the surroundings. So you cannot do that with the car, or you can do it, but in a different way. Uh, so yeah, that was the main point. I have no breath. <laughs> We're out of breath. I tell you, why don't we go and sit down? Let's go and sit down and we can continue this in a more comfortable no, way. It's okay, it goes down now. Oh, come on, let's, let's go well, take yeah, a bench. It's nice to <laughs> make, make the most of the view now we're here. Okay, now we're, now we're sitting down. That's a little bit easier. See how your mind is going to be different now. <laughs> See <Exactly>. the difference. <laughs> See my mind, now I'm sitting down, my mind is stuck. This is not good. No, it's okay. Um, by seeing the view, I thought another uh, main point of these art landscapes is when you approach a new city, you look the map and you try to understand what is there, how you can orient yourself in, in the space. But sometimes the map can be an obstacle, so it can show a different impression. So another thing that we try to do is to design maps in the city guide section we have that are a bit more experimental and they try to tell you, to give you an impression of the city and not really the literal streets and corners and everything. So you can be more prepared, let's say, more uh, invited to a place. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, and so, the, so, you, so you go back to kind of the ancient Greek philosophers and the, you know, the, this idea of like moving around as a way of kind of freeing the mind. And you put that into practice as well. And so right from the start yes. of this magazine, as yes. well as producing a print magazine, you've also led walking tours around Athens. Exactly. So what, what does that bring? How does that combine? So everything starts from my background in graphic design and my, let's say, love for cities and exploration and so on. And I had this uh, urge that I have to document my journeys. It's, it's difficult to hear well. it. Uh, yeah, it's just too windy. I think we should go somewhere that it's more... So Maybe let's if we keep walking there, no? Yeah, let's let's it's keep going better. down there, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Actually the walking tours emerged from another book that I did before the magazine. It was a mapping of the Athenian passageways. It was something like a map, an index, a notebook, again a very hybrid form. Uh, so it came from my urge as a designer, as a person, to document my travels. So the, question, the main question for the art landscapes in the beginning was how the urban experience can be represented in images, in drawings, in maps, and also through words. 
as we said before. Mm -hmm. So that was the starting point with the walks and at the same time I use them as a source. So when I walk I do actually this kind of walking research and through that I can write about cities from this kind of perspective. So I can read, you know, essays about places or personal narratives or anecdotes and so on and then link them together through a walking itinerary maybe. I see, I see. And so when someone comes with you on a walk around Athens, what sort of things could they expect to encounter? Um, first off, you create this kind of, uh, as you said, slow down pace that people start to observe the surroundings and you cannot have that with the car, as we said before. And then what I uh, share is like oral histories from the place. We observe the graphic design, like the signage, how graphic design helps the the walking person to find their way in the city. Uh, we see fading uh, presences, or let's say family stores that are here, there for uh, you know three or more generations. Uh, so it's all about preservation. It's all about the image of the city, and it links back to the identity. So people come to the walks and they feel that they discover the true Athens. But of course, this is, um, I mean, you cannot say that. You cannot, <laughs> there's no true city anywhere. So it's just another image of the same city that feels a bit more genuine because the people who create it, like these people having these stores, they are more passionate, they're more uh, true to what they do, in a sense. So they have this feeling of being a genuine, let's say, presence in the city compared to what happens with uh, gentrification and going to cities and seeing exactly the same things. I see. So, so in a way then this is kind of a response to the sort of mass tourism and, you know, the, the people who will arrive in Athens and immediately want to go and see the Acropolis and kind of tick that off because then they've, yeah. they've done a cultural thing. So the, it, it, is this kind of reflecting somehow then I suppose the status of Athens or the character of Athens at the moment because the you know it must be kind of crazy to live in a place that is considered to be sort of the birth the cradle of civilization <laughs> uh, and yet is also this 21st century capital city that needs to do the things that a capital city has to do. Yes, and it's a bit more complex, so it's not that it's a thousand years old, it's also in the middle of everything, so it's at the edge of, the, of Europe, at the edge of uh, almost Asia, at the edge of Balkans, so it has all these different influences and different wars also. Um, it's very diverse. Uh, and we always have this kind of inferior syndrome that we're not, let's say, North Europe or something more, <laughs> more uh, yeah, I don't know how to say, organized or something. So that's why, why I like Athens, because it offers you all these different angles that you can use and you can never get bored. It's every time you, you know, you take a stone and under it you have another stone from, you know, from forever. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with the walks and the walks also um, invite locals that live in the city to see the same city in different eyes and as you said before I think it's the same with Vienna that we discussed before so if I go for the first time in Vienna I have to do like in terms of Athens the Acropolis you know <laughs> but if I go for the second time I'm a bit more relaxed and I'm open to discover the soul of the city. I see, I see, I see. So the, so the, the, the strapline of the magazine is a magazine reading into cities and you talked about the typography of the city so it's so in a very kind of concrete way i guess you're like you're reading into 
Athens by looking at the signage and and kind of yeah well, the, the the words are around you mm-hmm. but in in what other ways could you say then that you're like you're reading into a city uh, also through images and a building it can be an image an advertising of a building can be an image a postcard from a different time of Athens can also tell you a story about how the city has transformed or how the collective memory is uh, built around it. So I like to dis- to explore all these different uh, entry points to cities and every time zoom in in one of them and then go back to the general impression of the city. If I see. That makes sense. I see, I see. And, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're, just trying, we're just getting around people. Um, <laughs> And so, the, so this is all in the context of uh, a magazine. As we said at the start, it's not conventional. The, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't immediately look like, like a magazine. magazine. Does that present you with certain difficulties just in, in terms of selling the thing? Exactly, yeah. It had, uh, I had problems. Uh, the bookstores didn't know where to place it, if it's a book or a magazine. And then when you put it on the kiosk, it's super small, so it gets lost. So the main thing that I've been seeing is to have these big tabloid magazines and on top of them to have one issue of these are landscapes. <laughs> it feels almost like, you know, this complimentary free book that you get. <laughs> so yeah, I was a bit uh, confused back then how I should handle that. But I was really into this idea of I want something that I can carry with me. I don't care if it's going to be destroyed. So it's made out of durable papers, um, easy to hold and natural to your touch and so on. So I really focused more in this idea and I gave it time. So now people know how to use it, you know, because I had these ideas of uh, taking a bigger cardboard to create a background about it. But then comes this idea of uh, waste yeah, and sustainability. So I, I, I had this kind of patience that at the end of the day, the story is going to be out. I just have to stick to it just for people to, you know, link it somehow. So, so there's this kind of this determination from you to kind of stick with the project and, and have people kind of get used to the thing that you're doing. You, yeah. There have been some changes along the way. So for the first few issues, the cover was purple. Uh, and you just had like the issue number and the, the different cities that were uh, covered there. That switched a few issues ago mm-hmm. to being this lovely kind of sort of like textured, grey, almost sort of like cement kind of material. And then you've introduced this kind of like lovely sort of shiny uh, foil uh, debossing on the cover. So what, like, what, what was your thinking around making that? change <laughs> well plot twist here <laughs> uh, that was the idea from the very beginning ah. uh, and i think i mentioned in the first podcast we have because in the first issue there's only the names of the contributors so it's not very easy to understand what this is uh, so then i changed it into city names this change it was something that i didn't want to do because i wanted to focus on the voices and not really about the places to make it less touristic let's say but at the end of the day, it's a medium of communication, so you have to tell something basic so people are going to understand it. Uh, and the idea of the map was there from the very beginning. I just didn't have the time and the clarity to do it from issue one. And it came down to the question, am I going to publish a magazine and have a, publish- a magazine now? Or I have to wait to fix the perfect map, do the perfect concept, plan six uh, issues ahead <laughs> and go on. 
And what you said before about this persistence, I think this is what I love with magazines. It's a medium that it's periodical, so you always have the chance to build up on the story. I know that, you know, graphic design is so advanced now and people really plan ahead so many issues. But for me, this, you know, takes away the whole point of it. It's, it is ephemeral in a sense, in the sense of making it, uh, but it's also a story that unfolds. Yeah. So you add bits and pieces. In terms of editorial, it's exactly the same uh, structure. It's just filled with different voices and cities. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, that, that touches on something that, I mean, it's one of my favourite things about magazines is, like, on the one hand, you know, making a magazine is this kind of opportunity for doing something that is perfect because you spend so long over it. And, you know, kind of you, you, you like, you edit and edit and refine and you check all those PDFs a million times mm. to make sure that it's like, it's perfect. But then you just know that there's going to be something that slips through. <laughs> there's going to be Always, right? some typo in there. But then a magazine also gives you this kind of assurance of like, well, it's okay because there's going to be another issue. So mm. you can try again or like, you know, if, you, if the cover's not quite right there, you can tweak things and try again next time. It seems somehow kind of human. Exactly, that's what I love about it. It's not strict in the sense of, you know, a newspaper, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is a good example, actually. A book that stays, let's say. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of flexible. Yeah. Or at least you can see it like that. If you see it like that, you're not trapped. I don't know how I did that, but I'm happy that I found this little exit point there. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have never done it, you know. I would be stuck in the first cover, deciding the perfect map. Well, that's it, because at some point you have to take the leap. You have to actually exactly. just make the thing rather than talk about making it. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, thank you ever so much for coming on oh, the first Stack <laughs> Podcast walk. <laughs> With wind. <laughs> <laughs> With wind, exactly, yeah, and a hill. Uh, and um, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing this new issue. Thank you for the invitation. That was amazing to walk in a different city for a different cause this time. <laughs> Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Natasha for coming on a slightly windy walk with me. This is actually the second time she's been on the podcast. Uh, the last time was back in 2019 when we were both at the Edge Conference in Munich and she'd just presented the first issue of the magazine with its purple cover and list of writers on the front. It's been great to watch Desired Landscapes develop over the years and it was lovely to catch up with her and speak about it all in detail. If you'd like to receive a magazine like Desired Landscapes every month, go to stackmagazines.com and subscribe and we'll start sending you our surprise monthly selection. You never know what you're going to get next, but you do know it will be a lovely, intelligent, independent magazine. And if you use the code podcast, you'll save 10% on our normal prices and I'll thank you by name at the end of our next episode. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks.